Welcome to the Gazette's Fact Checker podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about Iowa's first congressional district and some claims made there. I'm Erin Jordan. I'm the Gazette's investigative reporter. And with me today are... I'm Michaela Ram. I cover healthcare for the Gazette. And I'm Molly Duffy. I cover education. The, the claim that we're checking is from Iowa Representative Ashley Hinson. She's running for the first district seat against Abby Finkenauer, who's a Democrat from Dubuque. Ashley Hinson from Marion, she tweeted June 30th, Abby for Iowa wants Iowans to front a $123 billion bill to pay for the Green New Deal. Does she know that the Green New Deal puts farmers out of business? As is our normal course of action with fact checkers, we reached out to uh, Hinson's campaign to just, you know, ask a little bit about sourcing for those claims. And they sent us some information that we were able to look at there. But it was confusing because that article that was cited by the campaign from the National Review immediately started talking about the Invest in America Act. So we'll come back to that. But the Green New Deal actually is a, it's, you know, I know a lot of people have heard about it, but it's, it's a non-binding resolution that was proposed by House of Representatives Democrats last year to address climate change in the United States. And, you know, the, one of the champions of it has been the senator from New York, I'm sorry, the representative from New York, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, who a lot of Republicans just kind of put her up there as being, you know, along with Nancy Pelosi, as just being people they really don't like. So the Green New Deal just really has a lot of a lot of haters on the Republican side. And I think Democrats in general probably support the idea of these initiatives for climate change, but not necessarily the Green New Deal. It's It doesn't have universal appeal even among Democrats. So it's a, it's a thing that's been used a lot among Republicans in terms of if you say your opponent likes the Green New Deal, then that kind of gets your base fired up. So, you know, in terms of this Green New Deal being proposed last year, so Congress all of Congress hasn't voted on the resolution. The Senate did have a vote, but all the Democrats, uh, just they didn't vote on it and Republicans all voted against it. It was kind of an attempt by the Senate to get Republic or to get Democrats to have to take a stand on it, because then the thought would be that Republicans would use that vote against all their Democratic opponents. So it was kind of a little bit of political theater there. But um, so the House of Representatives hasn't voted on it yet. So in terms of um, Abby Finkenauer's support of the Green New Deal, I don't think that's been documented. I think Finkenauer has been careful to say which things, which measures she supports in terms of uh, reducing the impacts of climate change. But she has not said that she supports the Green New Deal. Okay, so back to the article that the Hinson campaign sent us that lists this, um, the Invest in America Act, which uh, Finkenauer did vote for. The Invest in America Act is a $1.5 trillion bill passed by the House of Representatives July 1st. So included in that bill, um, which is never going to get passed in the Senate, so it's kind of a moot piece of legislation, it includes $494 billion for infrastructure and transportation projects. So, um, the National Review article says that the parts of the bill that relate specifically to climate change add up to $123 billion. 
So that's where that number comes from in Hinson's original tweet, where she says, Abby for Iowa wants Iowans to front a $123 billion bill. Um, But that bill is to support the Invest in America Act, not the Green New Deal. So they're completely different documents there. So um, I, I think for that first claim, the claim about um, Abby for Iowa wants Iowans to, to front this bill, I gave it a D because although there, there are these um, climate change measures, that $123 billion bill, it's not the Green New Deal. It's, it's this Invest in America Act. So I think conflating those two things is, is very inaccurate. The, well, actually, I, I gave her an F for this. Let me go back to my grade here. So I gave her an F for the first claim. Um, I also think it's misleading for her to indicate that Iowans would be required to pay $123 billion, um, you know, because it's not, it wouldn't come from Iowans. It's not like this would all be like taxed to people who live in the state. Um, and it's also saying that it would be for a resolution, which so far has no price estimate. The Green New Deal, you know, no nonpartisan group has given the Green New Deal a price estimate yet that I've been able to find. So I gave her an F on that first claim. The second part of the claim is, does she, meaning Finkenauer, know that the Green New Deal puts farmers out of business? So as I was saying before, a lot of Republicans really dislike the Green New Deal. And a lot of um, agricultural groups have come out in opposition to the Green New Deal. I think there's concern about what some of the wording in the Green New Deal would mean for the agriculture industry. So the resolution seeks to reduce greenhouse gas emissions in the U.S. by 40% to 60% by 2030, and then move to net zero emissions by 2050. So, um, and it also calls, as part of that, it calls for supporting zero emission vehicle infrastructure in manufacturing. So I think what a lot of farmers are worried about is that zero emission vehicle infrastructure does that mean all electric cars? Like, are we, is that the direction that the Green New Deal would take us? And if it is, that would be a bad deal for ethanol. Um, but the the Green New Deal doesn't actually spell any of that out. It, it does, you know, and, and I think there is still a path for ethanol or biofuels out there. So there was a 2012 study by the Argonne National Laboratory that found when you used corn-based ethanol in place of gasoline, it reduces greenhouse gas emissions on average of 34%. And so also when you measure the life cycle steps required for gasoline and that the CO2 released when ethanol is used is offset by the CO2 captured when crops used to make ethanol are grown, they find that it actually is, uh, um, it's better for the environment using this. So I, I think that if you're looking at the net zero emissions, ethanol could still be a path, you know, perhaps in the, you know, near future that isn't really ruled out by the Green New Deal. Also, the Green New Deal calls for, quote, supporting family farming, investing in conservation that increases soil health and, quote, building more sustainable food systems. So I don't see exactly how Hinson is claiming that it's that this non-binding resolution is going to put farmers out of business. So I gave Hinson a D for this claim. I felt like 
it was it avoided an F because it's possible that a move to zero emission vehicles could in the long run be bad for ethanol. But there's really no specific evidence in that resolution that, you know, would necessarily lead to that in terms of the path forward. Um, so overall, with those two claims kind of balancing them, I gave Henson's tweet an F overall. And we don't give very many Fs, so I'm ready to hear you guys what you think, to see what if you think that it's supported here. <laughs> um, yeah, um, oh, go ahead, Michaela. Yeah, I was just going to, if that's okay, I was hoping to back up, back to your first claim. Yeah. Um, about the Invest in America Act and and sort of that's the the sourcing that they pointed to for the first part of this tweet. Um, did they say or offer any insight as to why they sort of pointed to the Invest in America Act but labeled it as the Green New Deal in this tweet? Are like policies the same? I guess I'm 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 kind of confused why they they said one thing and pointed to another. Yeah, that's a good point, Michaela, and I. I didn't explain that as well as I probably could have. So one thing that they pulled out from that National Review article, it says that, um, you know, that the parts of the bill that relate to climate change add up to the $123 billion. So that's where they got that number. And then they also pointed to a statement by House Infrastructure and Transportation Committee Chair Peter DeFazio, who's a Democrat from Oregon, that he said at one point that the Invest in America Act is the, quote, application of the principles of the Green New Deal. So I think what he was saying, or, or at least what was taken from that, is we're putting these, um, you know, we want to spend money in this way because it supports the ideas of the Green New Deal. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. I, I can kind of see where they make that connection still, but I, I would still agree with you on the grade um, as far as an F for this particular claim. Um, it, it is kind of misleading to indicate that all, the whole cost, $123 billion for the resolution, would specifically be on Iowa. And especially since it, it sounds like this, this law is kind of dead in the water at this point. Right. Yeah, I was going to... <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, I was also just going to kind of ask about how they got from from the Green New Deal to the Invest in America Act. I mean, do you think that there's sort of a, a grain in, of truth in that jump? Um, just because the Invest in America Act, it sounds like it's maybe, you know, the Green New Deal in spirit. I'm just trying to think what um, sort of the the logic that maybe Hinson's team is following. I feel like, and I, I mean, it's hard to know the intent of these lawmakers when they propose the different bills, but I feel like the Invest in America Act is much, much broader than these initiatives proposed in the Green New Deal. I mean, um, you know, $494 billion for infrastructure and transportation projects, you know, some of those would have components of like reducing climate change, but they're still major spending things to improve roads, um, you know, mass transit, other things like that, that, you know, I, I think a lot of Democrats would say these are providing jobs. Um, these are going to help our economy. They're not just about climate change. And I think in part because Americans are, have indicated that uh, just climate change alone 
you know, reducing climate change alone isn't enough, you know, in order to for them to support candidates. I mean, they want jobs, they want better roads, they want safer bridges. So, I mean, I feel like the Invest in America Act is a lot larger and to say, and it's, and it's probably a lot more popular among mm-hmm. American citizens because people can find something in this huge spending package that would improve their lives. But, but when they say that Abby Finkenauer wants this money to pay for the Green New Deal, it's using the Green New Deal, which is very unpopular, and trying to connect her to that. So, I mean, I, I guess I just don't feel like it's um, there's a close enough tie between those two pieces of legislation to equate one with another. Hmm. Yeah, it definitely seems like they're sort of just making like a boogeyman out of the Green New Deal um, when <laughs> it's not really there. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I, I'm, I think I'm good with, um, with the grade that you've come to on that one. Okay. Do you think, what do you think about the claim about the Green New Deal puts farmers out of business? Like if there's the whole question about the resolution supporting zero emission vehicle infrastructure, you know, I mean, does that necessarily sound a death knell for ethanol overall? Yeah, I've been kind of going back and forth on this one. Um because initially, I, I I do agree with the D grade because there is there is evidence that um, that biofuels could be impacted in the long run. But sort of to our larger point about the Green New Deal puts farmers out of business. Um, I guess I don't necessarily see immediate evidence of that in just sort of what you've presented and and the check you've performed. Um, so I'm I'm still kind of going back and forth on that. And I would almost advocate for an F on that one. And I mean, I, I don't know if you guys have, have other thoughts or feel strongly about a D. Um, but I, I guess, I don't know if they, they offered any more insight as to how an impact on biofuel would eventually lead to family farms closing or, um, things of that nature. I I'm still kind of iffy on that one. Yeah, so I'm pretty sure, and let me go back. I'm going to try to go to the email, the initial email from the campaign. So the article that they pointed us to, um, it's about the Green New Deal's potential impact on Iowa agriculture. This was in the Washington Examiner, which is a um, kind of a right-leaning news publication. And they quote, you know, Several people in there just with, uh, you know, folks' thoughts about how, what this is going to mean. But one of the people that they quoted, let me make sure I get this right here, is um, Delane Johnson. And he is CEO of the Quad County Corn Processors, which is based in Sioux City. Um, and he said that uh, he feels like it would be devastating to rural America um, Green New Deal, he says, would um, leave farmers without a market for corn. Um, you know, I think that is the real concern because of how dependent Iowa is on corn production. If ethanol, if the market for ethanol were to go away, which the market for ethanol has been softer, you know, than it has been, you know, just, you know, with there's been all these issues with like the Trump administration offering mm-hmm. these waivers to small oil refineries as well. So it's not like the 
market for ethanol has been like going like gangbusters anyway. But um, so I think that's the real concern. So I think they're kind of basing their statement that it's going to put farmers out of business based on fears and statements from farmers rather than data. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, because I think you mentioned in um, your check that most agricultural groups have really denounced this Green New Deal, right? Um, I know you mentioned that some of them had cited just because uh, they they don't support resolutions by the Democratic Party, but um, is that really kind of the reason why agricultural groups aren't behind this? I think there. I think groups are fearful about what it means because the resolution is pretty vague. And then there was like this, like kind of a gaffe, I guess, um, by Representative Ocasio Cortez um, by her staff that they had put out these uh, a list of FAQs in 2019 that I don't know if they were trying to like write in kind of a, uh, I don't know, informal way, but the FAQs mentioned something about getting rid of farting cows and airplanes. Um, (laughs) And so, you know, like uh, in reference to the farting cows, like basically cows produce methane, which is a potent greenhouse gas as part of their digestion um, so that is an issue, you know, that it, even though it's kind of funny, it does, it does influence the overall greenhouse gas, um, amounts in our country. And, um, and then, but the thing is like the Green New Deal doesn't itself, that resolution doesn't specifically say anything about cows or, you know, any type of animals in particular or airplanes. But when you've got one of the sponsors of the Green New Deal kind of mentioning these things, even if it's in just an informal way, it gives people who are opposed to the Green New Deal a way to say, and they, and they did say last year, they said, oh, the Democrats want to get rid of ice cream and forget about having a hamburger and you'll never be able to, you know, use air travel again, you know, but I think the, um, the representatives staff then kind of like pulled back from that and have removed some of those statements, you know, because they don't want to cause confusion about what the resolution actually does say. Hmm. Yeah, Iowans do care a lot about our our farting cows, don't (laughs) we? (laughs) Well, you know, I mean, there's just, it just brings in so many different issues when you've got just the idea of the, um, you know, the, the toll and kind of the footprint of cattle production that that's a hot button issue as well. And, and things like that. But then there's, you know, on the other side of the coin, um, there's all this support for growing cover crops and the idea that you could, support a cattle industry with the growth of cover crops, which is good for water quality and soil health. So, you know, a lot of interconnected things here. You know, Molly, what do you think, what do you think on that second claim? Do you think a D grade is appropriate? Um, I, I think I'm, I'm good with a D. I was just thinking, um, this claim kind of, um, you know, it kind of speaks to why we, maybe try to to stay away from from those hypothetical claims that politicians make um, because you know the green new deal hasn't been implemented so we can't we don't have any data to say whether it would put farmers out of business or not um, so I think it, it it gets a little mushy trying to sort of guess 
what it would be like. And, you know, obviously you've got this, um, this corn processor in Sioux City who thinks it would be devastating, but then you, you know, I think have kind of smartly gone through um, some studies that show that maybe it wouldn't be um, as detrimental as, as maybe some people are worried about. Um, so, I don't know. I, th- I think it's it's just kind of, it's a harder check to put a grade on um, that claim specifically just because no one, it's sort of impossible to to provide hard facts about it, right? Yeah. And yet, um, you know, as I, as I wanted to kind of, you know, we talked about this a little early on, like how, how often or, or when we are willing to check something that hasn't happened yet. And, you know, my thought about it is when there's some data out there, when you've got some authoritative sources um, that Mm -hmm. have put estimates on things, I think that that gives, gives you more of a foothold, I guess, for checking it. And I also feel like some degree of extra responsibility to check a claim that is really extreme, you know? Um, And I think this one is, Um, you know, I mean, it's, uh, it's specific, it's putting out a pretty big number in terms of that 123 billion bill saying Iowans would be, you know, required to front that under Abby Finknauer. Um, and that the Green New Deal puts farmers out of business. You know, I think that those claims are strong enough to maybe, um, you know, to warrant us being willing to do a check of a hypothetical. Mm -hmm. I'm glad that we checked it. Um, And I think kind of what you mentioned earlier about when you look at hard data, that tells you something else. And then um, when you look at sort of the the general feelings about the Green New Deal, um, that kind of points you in a direction of of it being devastating for farmers, but there's just not evidence to back that up. So yeah, I think I think I'm I'm good with um with a D on that claim. And I mean overall I think the entire statement is uh pretty false and I think you've you've laid that out really well. Okay. All right. Michaela, are you good with an F overall? Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree with an F overall. Um, There seems to be a lot of misinformation in this tweet. And so I think an F is appropriate here. Okay. All right. Good. Well, we will um, all, you know, kind of get this one wrapped up here and get that submitted and um, maybe be prepared for people to call us and say they disagree strongly. Which is fine. We welcome, (laughs) we we welcome it. (laughs) And, you know, since we did, we have started returning to our podcast, um, we've gotten a few more emails from our uh, readers and listeners, people saying, hey, I saw this ad, would you check this out? Um, you know, these statements don't seem accurate to me. And we really welcome any of those, um, you know, suggestions from readers or listeners here. So you can go ahead and email um, factchecker at thegazette.com. And that will come to Molly, Michaela, and me, and others, and we'll 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 consider it. Molly, do you do you, I think you're looking at doing the check for next week? Do you want to talk just a little bit about that? Yeah, sure. Um, so next week we'll be looking at um, an attack ad on Senator Joni Ernst from the Iowa Democratic Party, um, where they claim that um, she's 
opposed extending unemployment benefits and paid family leave um, while voting twice for a $500 billion corporate slush fund that could have allowed CEOs to boost their own bonuses while firing workers. Um, So we will be looking back at kind of uh, Senator Ernst's votes through the coronavirus pandemic and um, digging into that check. That sounds like that'll be a good one. That's one that several people have called out to us. Yeah, there's a, there's yeah. a lot of, of meat to that one, I think. Yeah. I feel like that's the one ad I've been seeing a ton of this particular race lately. Um, I don't know about you guys, but it feels like it pops up every time I turn on the TV. Mm-hmm. Another one that's been... Um, suggested to us and probably one that, you know, we may get to down the the road unless some other newer ad comes in, it kind of takes its place. What is the one about Teresa Greenfield and how she um, interacted with small businesses? And I think it uses the phrase kicked small businesses to the curb or something like that. Um, So that's one people are also interested in. So hopefully, perhaps we, our team will be able to dig more into that race. Although we, you know, even though the um, Ernst Greenfield race is getting a lot of airtime, we do want to focus on some other races too. So if you hear claims in um, smaller races, let us know because we're, we're interested in kind of mi- keeping it mixed up. All right. Well, anything else for you guys? No. no nice job, Erin. Yeah, it's great. Thank you. Thank you. so this fact checker podcast is produced by steven colbert with our articles being edited by craig jamulis our music is lobby time by kevin mcleod and until next week we'll check you later Get a daily update from the Gazette with our daily news podcast. Add it to your podcast player or your Alexa-friendly device to get a bite-sized local news update each day. Check it out at thegazette.com slash podcasts.